Chapter 4, The Wanted U.S. President How long can you keep this thing up in the air, Reverend Duke? A topless, voluptuous blonde woman asked from the California king-sized mattress. The embroidered comforter wore the seal of the President of the United States, and the pillow said Air Force One. Although Duke was a former president, they were not on the presidential plane. They were on his private megaplane, the trumpeter swan. It was 150 yards long and considered a flying palace in the sky. With these little blue pills, I could keep it up in the air all night long, Duke said, biting his lower lip and dry humping the air. Not your shrimpy erection, silly, the Russian brunette woman said with a giggle and a sexy accent. She's asking about your other penis. This plane, she said, with her arms spread and looking around. There was real oak furniture bolted to the floor. The doors were trimmed with solid gold. The walls were littered with pictures of famous people posing with Duke. He had an array of swords and antique Civil War muskets under an authentic Confederate flag. He also had a Nazi flag, in addition to a Blue Lives Matters flag and a true American flag, as well as the Christian People's Liberation Army flag at the helm. Yeah, the blonde concurred. We've been flying for days, Duke. When's this thing gonna land? I want Starbucks, she told him. We got coffee in the kitchen, Tonya. Duke insisted. Roboto, bring me a latte, Duke commanded his robot servant. I'm on it, sire, the robot butler confirmed with hard-coded enthusiasm. I don't want another Dunkin' K-Cup with 2% milk. I want Starbucks, caramel macchiato, with oat milk, she demanded with emphasis on the oat milk. Duke sighed. Sweetheart, I told you when we first got on board, this plane ain't never gonna land. I've been in the sky since 35, he said, referring to the end of the Second American Civil War in 2035. I have this thing refueled by drones every 12 hours. I got oil pockets and airstrips all over the world, he bragged. Hell. I've done an entire engine swap in the air. We have everything we need up here, Duke consisted. Why would you ever go back down there and be a sitting duck? He asked, pointing out the window to the burning ground below. The whole world can't be on fire, Tanya insisted. She rolled her eyes while she tossed her long blonde hair over her shoulders. If it ain't burning, it's overrun with zombies, Duke said while making his best impression of a zombie. Brains. He groaned in his zombie voice. The young ladies laughed. What about our heaven? The Russian woman asked, referring to the newly established world capital. I hear it's like a little heaven in this hell on earth, she suggested. And they have Starbucks, she smiled to Tanya. Fucking nigger enterprise in his mega city, Duke muttered. Don't be racist, Duke. Black lives matter. Tanya injected. We are not going to Babylon to gravel to the Coon King. Duke spat. What? The girl said in unison. Whoa, I say unto thee. He started in his sermon tone. Then he quoted the Bible. And there followed another angel saying Babylon is fallen and fallen. The great city because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Revelations 14 chapter 8. 
he said to the ladies. The scripture speaks of a perverted world capital controlling the nations with its vile influence. Azrael is the black antichrist. We're not going to Babylon to the wallow in their filth and unrighteousness, he said sternly. Is it because you don't want to go because you're racist? Or you cannot go because they don't like you because you're racist? Ziva asked. Tell me true. We won't judge you. Too hard, the brunette said gently, touching Duke on his naked leg. I love those blue pills, Duke thought. Ladies, I may be a former US president, but I'm very much a wanted man, Duke insisted. For your crimes in office, the Russian brunette asked. You shredded the US Constitution and created a Nazi-like police state that systematically targeted, killed, and wrongfully imprisoned a lot of black people, Ziva inquired. No, Ziva, they never prosecuted me for that, he admitted. I'm on the run for my actions post-presidency. Regardless of the charges, I know I am God's prophet, he said in his preacher's voice. So it is true about your involvement in the assassination attempt on the FGC, Ziva said with glee in her eyes and voice. I, I, I can't confirm or deny it, that inquiry, Duke said presidentially. That's such a ballsy move, Reverend Duke. Only you could orchestrate such a smooth execution, Ziva said, rubbing his naked flabby biceps. Whatever will you do next, my strong and powerful man, Ziva asked, patronizing him. It should have been obvious, but Duke was a little tipsy. It's five o'clock summer. The next thing I'm going to do is pop one of these little blue pills, Duke said with a devilish grin and a glass full of whiskey. Ziva grabbed his hand before he could swallow the Viagra. Before we do that, the darling, tell us, where will the next attack be? I get aroused on the mayhem and destruction, Ziva said. The First World Order is looping the footage of the attack all day on the network they control. It's a vain attempt to boost Azrael's ratings by displaying his heroic deeds. She sneered. He is a tyrant, and he needs to suffer for what he did to that Christian martyr. Ziva preached, but really didn't care. She was baiting him to declare his next move. Maybe she would stick along. Maybe she would sell him out to the open source intelligence agencies. They did pay in Bitcoin. Now I see the, what the Kipla is about, Christian militarism, Ziva said with approval. Duke listened intently. He remembered why he summoned Ziva to his private plane. Tanya was there for her million dollar boot job, adjusted for inflation, unintentional pun. Ziva was on board for her passion, her fire, and intellectual conversation. She was an engineer and an astrophysicist in addition to a part-time biblical scholar. While she was well-read, she viewed the scriptures as folklore and not the word of God. Her pillow talk was sensational still. You should never believe anything said directly before, during, or after sex. Wait, you attacked the world capital, Duke? Tanya asked. That's where Starbucks is, she said with growing frustration. It's complicated, girls, he said, drinking his whiskey with a long gulp. I, fan I finance attack on our heaven, do confess, but I promise you it's God's will, he insisted. I've been in the sky a mighty long time, and I've seen signs the Lord and his legions are upon us, do preached. All this talk of plagues and UFOs, they're just signs of the times. Yadavah is near, he warned. The ladies laughed at his prophecies. 
if you are the boss who close Reverend Duke, then why do you lay here and drink and fornicate with us? Ziva mused cheerfully. The universe is big enough to have humans, God, and aliens. The plague is clearly extraterrestrial, she insisted. Yadava is not an alien, Duke snarled. Then where does he live? Ziva asked. In heaven, duh, Tanya chimed in. Where is heaven? Ziva asked. In the sky, how do you not know this? Tanya giggled childishly. We are in the sky right now, and I see no signs of heaven. Ziva said coldly, looking out the old blue-shaped window of the cabin. Could it be a planet on the far rim of our solar system? She inquired. Nibiru, perhaps? She added. No, Duke said, soberly folding his arms in refusal. Why not? Ziva cried. The scriptures say nothing of the planet, he replied. What about a cubic space station? Fourteen... Hundred miles long, Ziva asked. <coughs> the Reverend. Don't be ridiculous, Duke scoffed. You're confusing the Bible with the works of science fiction, he barked. Ziva rebutted the words of Revelations. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband, she quoted the Bible. Heaven is a starship, or flying city, or flying city if you prefer that term, Ziva insisted. There are several scriptures that elaborate on this floating city in the heavens, she added. She knows the scriptures, Duke thought to himself. No man can speak with confidence the coming of our Lord, Duke said conclusively. Yes, Reverend Duke, no man, no man can, she emphasized on a man. Duke's communication piece chirped in his ear. I have to take this call, ladies. Why don't you enjoy yourself in the pool for a bit? He said dismissively as he headed towards the cabin. I hate this place. I want to go to the beach and sip Starbucks, not your stupid pool plane and your lame coffee, Tanya protested on her way out the cabin. She was clearly claustrophobic and starting to get a sense of cabin fever. She looked for something to kick over, but everything was bolted down. Instead, she smacked the robot butler as she walked by, shouting vulgarities in the hall. Land the fucking plane! Land the fucking plane! Tanya chanted. Duke wondered if she was going to be a problem as he closed the door to the cabin. This line is secure. I'm listening, Duke said. The robotic voice on the line was muffled. The package is ready. Standing by for BTC payment, the voice said. Sent, Duke confirmed. There was a ding on the other end of the line. Yeah, over Christ, that lightning network is fast. Please don't take our Lord's name in vain, Falcon, Duke said sternly. My apologies. That's just the fastest I've ever got a Bitcoin payment. Falcon said, there's no excuses for blasphemy, Duke told Falcon. There'll be many more, I assure you, Duke insisted. Are you sure the shielding is sufficient? Yes. The payment factored in space and waited to transport for the lead line containers. Falcon assured. ETA? Duke asked. We'll link your guy before morning. The robotic voice confirmed. And there'll be a red dawn, Duke thought. It was a pleasure doing business with you, old friend, he said as he envisioned a mushroom cloud over the smoldering pyramid. Pleasure is mine, Falcon said, killing the line.